Jesus came down with the twelve apostles and stood on a level place. Amen. Where we are standing matters. Sometimes where we are standing is a matter of choice. All the time, always, where we are standing is a matter of circumstance. A perfect mixture of particular variables, some known and others undetermined, but always where we are standing matters. On this particular day, I was standing at a distance in the back room of Kairos West in the middle of a conversation when I heard a loud noise and people begin to yell. I came out of the office and I saw a table tipped over and chairs flung by hands that couldn't be identified. It appeared to be total chaos. From where I was standing, Everyone seemed implicit because I had too much distance. But then I noticed, then I noticed Reverend Shannon Spencer, and she was standing right in the middle of the situation. Small in stature, she was standing with her hand on the shoulder of a man twice her size who was dripping in freshly thrown hot coffee. The man, understandably, was visibly angry and shaking. Shannon, however, was as calm as I could imagine being. She stood right in the middle of the crowd and she talked gently to the man. My first concern was for Shannon, for good reason. When I think back on it, this is definitely not in the manual for staff safety. And so I emerged out of my office and I stood quietly behind her. I had my phone ready to dial 911, but the longer I stood there, the more clear it became to me that we had everything we needed to handle the situation. What I witnessed from where I now stood was a kingdom of God moment. The man, still yelling and angry, stood in front of Shannon, but slowly his eyes began to take her presence in, standing there in front of him. He began to notice her, to really notice her, to notice something out of his particular experience in that moment. And then I heard what she was saying to him. Softly, Reverend Spencer was saying over and over, you are safe, you are safe. Using his first name, she said over and over, you are safe and I am here with you. After a minute or two, the man towering over Shannon looked down at her and he stopped yelling and he was still. She looked up at him and she said one more time, You are safe. At that point, his head fell forward and he began to sob. As he was crying, I will never forget what he said through the tears. He said, Shannon, I don't want to hurt anyone. You know I don't. And she said, of course I know you don't. And then he said quietly, 
but you know I have. You know I have. And she said so calmly, I know you have, but that doesn't mean you will. We love you and you are safe. In that moment, he leaned forward and she hugged him. She just stood there with him, this large man, wounded and poor, hurt and angry. He was held in relationship, not just by Shannon, but by the whole community gathered there witnessing that kingdom of God moment. In Luke's version of this great sermon, referred to often as the Beatitudes, Jesus is not standing on a mountaintop. In Luke's account, Jesus comes down with his apostles and stands with the people, the hurt and the needy and the poor people. Luke is like that. Luke is the writer for the people. Luke has no interest in the distant, faraway Jesus. Luke gives us a Jesus standing on level ground with the people most in need. And so for Luke, it is that Jesus who offers the statement, Blessed are the poor, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Not the poor in spirit. That's Matthew. And not will be theirs, but blessed are the poor, theirs is the kingdom of God. From where Jesus is standing in Luke's account of the greatest sermon ever given, Jesus makes a grand and preferential statement. And for hundreds of years, people have struggled with that statement. Because in it, Jesus claims that in fact, the poor have the kingdom of God. Theologians and others invested in what Jesus has to say, some of them prefer what Matthew has to say, poor in spirit, because that could be anyone. Because the idea that Jesus would give the kingdom of God to those who are poor, that Jesus prefers those that are poor is difficult to hear, but you see where you are standing matters. And in Luke's account, where Jesus is standing in the midst of the poor and the needy, from there his love for them, his awareness of them, his relationship to them, and his call to serve them is clear and simple. And so he makes the claim, blessed are the poor, for theirs is the kingdom of God. And now, not later, now, Jesus is saying to those around him in that moment, the kingdom of God is for you even though this world is not. The kingdom of God for Jesus as a Jew is the reign of God of peace and justice contrasted with the kingdom of worldly power. Jesus is standing in the midst of those abandoned by the world and so he makes the grand statement that God will not, and he will not abandon them too. He makes the bold statement that he, as a representative of the reign of God, is for them. It is that simple. 
Jesus does indeed have a preference for those the worldly powers have abandoned. And those of us who are validated by the worldly powers, those of us fed, those of us comfortable, Luke's Jesus has something to say to us too. Luke's Jesus loves us enough to warn us. He says here in Luke, Woe to you who are fed. Woe to you who are laughing. You will be hungry. You will cry. Because depending on where we stand, hunger and tears, no matter how rich we are, are a real possibility. Where we stand matters. If we choose to keep distance between ourselves and the poor and the mournful, if our life circumstances keep us standing at a distance from the hungry and the needy, then we may not even be aware of our need for the kingdom of God because we may think we have all we need right here in this kingdom. But if by grace we who are fed and laughing choose to stand among those the world has abandoned, if we choose to stand with and among as Jesus did, then surely, surely there will be moments when we cry too. Surely there will be moments when we too are hungry. How could we not be? Standing where I was right behind Shannon that day at Kairos West, I glimpsed the kingdom of God and it was theirs not in some distant future. It was theirs right there in that present moment. God was present with us that day. Worldly powers did not hold that man that day. The reign of God held that man that day. Worldly power did not provoke Shannon to speak those kind and loving words. You are safe. You are safe. God's love put those words on her lips And their relationship allowed him to hear her. Now, after the chaos subsided, we all went back to eating together. The man got a ride home from a volunteer. He couldn't stay in the space. He was so tired from the emotional toil it had taken on him. So nothing much was different about that day after the kingdom of God moment passed. Except this, and maybe this is everything, I became very aware that where we stand matters. I became aware that when I'm in that space with the most poor and the most needy, I sometimes feel deeply uncomfortable. And then I retreat and I stand at a distance. I became aware that My ability to be removed removes me from relationship and from God. I became aware that I must choose to come out of my office if I wish to see the kingdom of God. Because perhaps this is the greatest price of privilege, the consequence of standing at a distance When privilege allows us to be removed from the suffering of the world, 
Jesus cares enough about us to warn us, woe to you who choose that distance. Luke's Jesus asks us to come down and stand with, to be among. Luke's Jesus asks us to suffer with, to give up our right to comfort for the sake of relationship. Luke's Jesus tells us it is there that we will see the kingdom of God. Luke's Jesus tells us it is standing there in relationship that the kingdom of God is. Amen.